0: episode four. Oh my goodness i can't even believe i've been doing all of this i'm actually also in the process of moving and turning things up and down and it's like i'm committing myself to make sure that no matter what i'm putting out an episode every monday it is not easy but you know what consistency is key um so uh for those of you guys who haven't already listened please take a moment to follow me on cells speaks s-e-l-z-s-p-e-a K.S. Yes. Sells Speaks on IG. You can also follow me on Sells JP. And listen, share this with your friends, with your family, anything that you anyone you feel that can be blessed by this. Feel free to share it with them. You know, what I mean, and hopefully we can make the movement grow. And listen, if you got any questions or things that you want me to cover, hit me up on my I.G.'s or email me at SellsSpeaks. Speaks podcast at gmail.com i want your questions i'm I'm even trying to do like a section where you know i answer you know any questions that you guys have i've had people who have dm me before through my ig asking me you know certain relationship things and it also creates great conversation so feel free to hit me up so here we are on episode four so yesterday me and my wife we had the pleasure of doing this um uh, we did this like instagram live interview with a, a homie of mine, I believe her Instagram is Proverbs31mindset or something like that. Like, If you look on my page, you'll find it, but it was a dope interview, you know, and it just made me think, man, like, you know, I should, could kind of address some of these things because a lot of things that I was saying were really new to people. So I was like, oh, perfect time to throw it on the podcast. So today's topic is kind of, um, I, in a sense, I'll simplify to say my approach to marriage or what I think creates a successful marriage. And in my opinion, in my experience, I believe that if you do your work early and you're not waiting until you're married to start exhibiting the right qualities, you'll be all right. So I'm going to give you guys a couple points. Right. The first one I'm going to say is practice what you want your marriage to be even before you're married. Right. Because they say practice makes perfect. So when you think about it, right. I I tell dudes this all the time. There's no way there's no way that you think. You're going to be spending all of your youth chasing after girls left and right, left and right, left and right. And that's what you do consistently. And in one day, because the light shines and you find, you know, the woman that you want to marry, your soulmate, the one who makes you say, "ooh wee," and you do all of that. And you think that all of the habits that you've been practicing are suddenly just going to go away. Not at all. You know, I mean, I, I get even more real. I know a lot of dudes who have suffered with and um, battle pornography, and they always had this feeling that, okay, when they get married, it will suddenly just go away. And unfortunately, that's not what happens. Maybe for a month or two, like you're riding the high in the feeling, in the, the wave of your emotion, but. The moment you start feeling conflict and pressure, you go right back to what you were habitually doing. And so, the thing people have to understand is like, marriage is not this thing that suddenly just, oh, snap your fingers and every bad habit that I've had is suddenly corrected and I'm just brand new person. Absolutely not. You go back to the things that you naturally do. And so, if you're trying to have a successful marriage, it's like you need to start practicing these habits way before. So, sharing my experiences, you know, for those of you guys who already know my story. Um, I was just kind of just living my life. I was never too bad, never too good. Uh, I mean, I think I was... I don't know. I I thought I was good. But um, around like 23, I kind of had this moment with God where I was like, okay, I want you to be the center of my life in everything, not just some things. And, you know, it led me to praying more, fasting more, becoming celibate, um, not dating, you know, trying my best not to talk to anyone. And I'm very transparent. I was not perfect during this time. I didn't have sex with anybody, but it was a learning process for me. I didn't just wake up and I was suddenly great at not talking to nobody. I had moments where I was lonely when I was bored. I started entertaining people, but I always went back to what my goal was. And my goal was to focus and not move until until God tells me to move. So in that, there were like so many lessons that I learned that really set me up very well for marriage. And I felt like, you know, if I could share that these things with you guys, even better, and for those who have heard me talk about this before. Hey, no, no, nothing wrong with getting a refresher. And so um, and this is also something I talk about in my book. I have a book out on Amazon or you can get it for me. It's called um, the uh, purity for the mind, body and soul. It's a 21 day fast and it's just focusing on teaching you that purity is far more than just the clothes that you wear and not having sex. And at the end of these 21 days, I guarantee that you will be a lot closer to God. Your understanding of purity and how you operate in that purity will be much stronger. And whatever issues may, you may have been dealing with, you'll have a great head start on how to defeat them, overcome them or get them under control. So you can find on Amazon um, or if you want a personalized copy, you can hit me up um, through the email, through the Instagram sell speaks um, on IG. And I give you a personalized copy and send it over to you. But moving forward, um, one thing I was saying was uh, you have to practice the habits that you want in your marriage. So, for example, I've never been really one to lock my phone. And so when I was in that season where I was like, all right, I'm only going, God, I'm not going to move unless you tell me to move. What really ended up happening was I wasn't talking to anyone crazy. So any woman in my life who I felt like you was trying to talk to me and you was trying to get wild and you was trying to get crazy, like I just didn't entertain it. So I never entertain other women when I was on my path. Again, I'm, I'm being spirit of transparency. I had moments where I fell off, but when I was on my path and I was on my flow. If I knew you liked me, if I knew you was feeling me, I didn't entertain you because I just didn't want those kind of relationships. I wanted only purely platonic relationships. And what that did is I built the habit of having only women who are purely my friends. And, you know, sometimes you have people in your life who they say they're your friend and they say they just chilling. But really, they're just on the sidelines waiting for that moment. They're waiting for like when you let your guard down or something happens and now, boom, they could just jump in. It's like, ah, man, we in there now. Or you're in a relationship and they're just kind of waiting for you to be single so they can get their chance. Those are not friends. Those are just uh, your bench players, if you want to put it that way. They're not your friends. Your friends are people who, I don't care if you're single, I don't care if you're dating, I'm not trying to be with you. We're just purely friends. We're just cool. That's what it is. And so because early on, when I was single, I only kept relationships around me that were purely platonic. Now, when I'm married, I didn't have no crazy pictures in my phone. I don't have crazy females hitting me up all kinds of time. You know what I mean? Um, And I I say this now and I pray that in, in 20 years I can still say the same thing. But since I've been married, women has never been an issue. And that's not a challenge to the devil to say, hey, you know, come bring women my way. Not at all. It's purely by the grace of God. But it's because of these habits where you know, what I mean, I'm not talking crazy to I wasn't talking crazy to nobody crazy hours in the morning when I was single and I'm not doing it now because I, I, I weeded out these habits. Um, so it's like making sure I was surrounding myself with women who are just purely my friends, not women who were just waiting for a shot. And women, it's the same thing, too. You got guys around you. who, Oh, you know, that's your friend. That's your brother. And, you know, what I mean, some of these dudes are just patient. You know, you have dogs who they go after anything. They see a car drives by and they go yap, 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 yap. yap. But then you got dudes who are like wolves and they're patient and they sit there and they wait and they wait for their moment. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a guy who's a really good dude. He's just waiting for a shot and he takes it when it comes. But other times it's like, you know, you got guys who you think are your great friends, but they're really just waiting for an opportunity. So that was like one of the first steps, which is controlling And making sure that the people around me weren't people who were trying to be with me, but just genuinely my friends. And also like basic things like, you know what I mean? Um, any crazy pictures or videos or whatever, like, you you know, the age we grew up in, you know I mean? Some of us like to document things. I didn't have a million things, but I had little things here and there. And it's like, if I'm going to disconnect myself and I'm really trying to say, all right, Lord, I'm trying to, you know, have you in every aspect of my life. Then these videos, these pictures, they had to go. And so again, when I was single, all of these things were gone. So when I'm now married, I'm never stressing about my wife going through my phone because there's nothing there. And the craziest thing is that, um... I've had conversations about my wife and all my stuff. Like, there's nothing about me my wife don't know. There's nothing about me and a person that I've been with, talked to, whatever, that my wife doesn't know. And I'll, I'll address that later. Um, so, going from that, practicing the habits. Another one that was important was learning not to chase everyone you're attracted to. And for my fellows out there, like, this is so important. And I'm I'm am a highlight this. You have to learn to see someone you're attracted to and be okay with letting it go, because whatever a tr- whatever brings you to a person. Nine times out of ten, if you step out, it's going to be the same reason that you stepped out. So if the reason you're with someone is because they got a fatty and they fine and they cute, trust and believe that while you're with that person and you see another person who's got a fatty, who's cute, that's going to be the reason you walk away. But when your reasons are solid, meaning God led you to this person or, you know, you took your time, and you did your due diligence and, and, and you were patient and that's what led you to that person it's going to be a lot harder for you to step out or disrespect your relationship because what attracts you is something that's that has substance if you're attracted by frivolous things a big butt a smile a a, a a a risky text a picture then anybody who throws these things at you is gonna get you you know what i mean and it happens but if what if you are able to manage your uh, uh attractions and understand like all right yeah somebody can be attractive but that doesn't mean i need to go after you because you're cute like what else do you have to offer besides being cute then now it starts to give you a, a lot more relationship discipline. You know, I'm, I'm going to create that term, relational discipline, right? And so I'm saying that because, you know what I mean, in my season, there was a lot of beautiful women I came across. I came across women that on paper, I thought we would have been an amazing couple. I would sometimes ask God like, yo, why not her? Why not this? And God would be like, "Not nah, chill. Like, wait, and I'll tell you when to move. And that has taught me like, you when just because you're attracted to someone or something doesn't mean you need to go for it. Like it's okay. So you you see it, you uh all right, you're cute and I keep it moving. And why is that important? Because when I got married and I said I do, every woman in the world then suddenly just become ugly. Women I was beautiful before are still beautiful now. Women I was attracted to before, there was levels of attraction now. But because I taught myself, we don't just go after something because we're attracted, because of that frivolous feeling. It's like, now when I'm married, you know I mean? I'll be with my wife, and we see somebody cute, and it's like, oh, such and such is cute. All right, keep it moving. Done. That's it. And this person is not sitting on my heart. This person is not sitting on my mind, and I'm not wondering, like, ooh, what are they doing? Are they-? Nah, I just keep it moving. You see know what I'm saying? Um. Mm. So another thing that I think is a huge thing is to understand that marriage is not man-made, it's God-made. It's literally something that God created, not man. So whenever you try to operate in marriage and do the things that man does, you're always going to have a bunch of issues. But when you move by with the tenets that god has for you you Yo, you're always going to be straight and what okay so what do you mean all right i'll elaborate the bible says that a man should love his wife like the church and that a wife should submit herself to her husband everyone loves to sit on the submit part not realizing that the first part of it which is husbands love your wives as the church is 10 times harder like that's way harder but we love the submit part But if a man is loving his wife like the church, your wife ain't going to have no problem submitting none because the the guy is submitting himself to God and he's loving his wife unconditionally. So when you are applying these aspects of your life and I'm going to give you the overarching because once you love your wife like the church, that means you're going to talk to her properly. You're not going to disrespect her. You're not going to be putting hands on her. You're going to uplift her. You're going to encourage her. You're going to motivate her. You're going to grant her grace and mercy. You're going to do your best to bring out the best in her. So once, you're, once you follow that umbrella, everything else, falls everything else falls underneath, right? One of the biggest things for me, and I'll leave you guys, this will be my second to last point, is take control of your relationships. Me personally, I'm a people person. I don't like disappointing people. I don't like hurting nobody. And so one thing I struggled with was saying no to people. So like when a person like me, I just be like, hey, you know what? I'm trying to be celibate. I'm not moving until God tells me to move. God's gonna lead me to my wife. It is what it is, and that's all I would say. Hoping that that was just enough, that I say what I have to say, and it's all good. No issues, no pressure, no problems. But I really learned very quickly that you know, what I mean, nah. Just because you say that, don't mean people gonna act right. Just because you say that, people don't mean people gonna respect it. I had people who were praying with me. Oh, you know, help us all find his wife. Grant us discernment. Whatever, whatever. Knowing that they weren't the one for me. And and in my stupidity, you know what I mean, spending more time with these people, then I'm compromising my walk now until I have to snap out of it and get back right. But again, these are people I told like, yo, this is the walk I'm trying to walk on, who acted like they supported me, but then were complicit with me in veering off my path. And it's, I, I kept making that mistake until I learned take control of your relationships. And what that meant was you set the boundaries, you set the standards. And if you have to be the villain, be the villain. And If you have to be the jerk, be the jerk. But you cannot compromise yourself no matter what. Doesn't, mean if, doesn't matter if we grew up together. Doesn't matter if we've been friends our entire lives. You set the standard. And anybody who cannot respect the standards and the boundaries that you have in your relationship does not need to be in your life. And why is that important? Because... When you can do that when you're single and you can set your boundaries and your limitations when you're single, it becomes so much easier now to do it when you're married. You know, what I mean, I have a, um, one of the questions I was talking about was, you know, uh, how do you manage having um, single friends while you're married? And I said, it's not even about being single or married for me while I'm married when it comes to my friendships it's where is your heart at? What's your mind? What guides you? because there's a lot of married people that give horrible advice and there's a lot of single people that give great advice and so my thing is if i know that you are led by the spirit you're led by god you could be single you could be divorced married whatever it is i will i have no problem having you in my life why because i know you're not going to cross the boundaries or at least you definitely shouldn't cross the boundaries that are important and meaningful in my relationships and so when you're able to manage your relationships while you're single it becomes 10 times easier to do it when you're married because now you're spouse don't have to come up to you saying yo such and such is flirting with you why you're entertaining it or why is such and such touching you crazy hours of the night da, 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 da. like you've already done the work way before they came around so it it eases the pressure on them and what it also does is it instills confidence in your partner because if i see wow you already holding it down like what do i need to do you already doing everything what you're supposed to do. It, it makes them feel secure in the sense that, wow, I'm really with someone who respects what we have, you know what I mean, and who's doing their part in this relationship. And the last thing I will leave you with is unconditional love. And I say this all the time. Anybody who hears me talk about relationships, I say it all the time. Why? Because it is a very, very important point to me. And I will say it again. We don't love people for who they are or what they do. We love people because God loves us. No matter how messed up or how grimy or how dumb we have been, God has continued to love us and show us and grant us favor. And because of that, because God has loved us unconditionally, it is our responsibility to offer that to others. It doesn't mean that you stay in relationships where you're disrespected or abused or you're hurt. Because guess what? In order to love someone, you have to first love yourself, right? I'm going to quickly go at the talk about the hierarchy of love that I discussed. At the top should always be God. So you love God first. Then after God, you love yourself. And then after you love yourself, you love your spouse or people. And however, um, I mean, obviously it should be your spouse, your children, and then family, so on and so forth. And by doing that, it always filters your relationships in the right way. Why do I say that? Because whoever is at the top dictates all your actions. When you love God first, then now how you love everyone else is influenced and dictated by that. So because I love God and I truly love him, not I just go to church and I quote scriptures, but I genuinely love God and have a real relationship with him, then how I talk and I deal with my wife, how I deal with my relationships with other people How I deal with myself is filtered through how would God want me to operate? Remember, the person who is at the top is the one that you're always trying to please in your actions. So because God is at the top, I want to please God with the way I love myself. I want to please God with the way I love my wife. So because I'm doing that, it filters my actions in a very healthy way because God tells us to love our spouse, to love our neighbor. So when you love God first and he's what's dictating how you love others, you're always going to be great. The problem is when we start reversing the order. So if I put, let's say I put my partner at the top. And so now everything I do is to please my partner. So how I love myself is to please my partner. How I love God is to please my partner. What ends up happening is you lose yourself because you're spending the majority of your energy trying to make someone else happy, so you're not loving yourself, you're not loving God, you love them, and so because you love them, you're doing everything that you think would be best for them, whether or not it's a detriment to you, whether it's a detriment to your relationship with God, and that's a big problem, because if what is best for them is, hey, let's have sex, and let's sleep together, even though you know that's disrespectful to your relationship and your christian walk and you know you for yourself you don't want to do that but because you want to make them happy because they're the the center for you you will disrespect your boundaries for that that's what happens when you put people at the top and now when you put yourself at the top you become insanely selfish you always do what's best for you regardless of who you screw over who you hurt who you damage It doesn't matter because you're always trying to please yourself first. It doesn't matter that your actions are disrespectful to God. It doesn't matter that your actions would hurt your partner. It doesn't matter that your actions are actually hurting others more than helping others. Your bottom line, because you love yourself at the top, is, is this good for me? And is it working out for me? And all I care about is me, 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 me. And guess what? There's no healthy relationship that can ever function like that. No healthy relationship can function when you're constantly putting yourself first. No healthy relationship can function when you're constantly putting the other person first. But for me, in my experience, and what I've observed, in my opinion, and what I've seen and studied, when you put God first in any relationship, whether it be marital or uh, dating, if you're into that, um, or whatever it may be, and I low-key say that because I'm not into dating, but... That's that'd be for another podcast. Y'all heard me talk about this. If you've been rocking me for a minute, man, we're going to keep going. Um, when you put God first in any relationship that you have, it, uh, it creates the perfect balance because you have to love God, which will allow you to love yourself, which will allow you to love your partner and love your spouse. And whenever you follow that hierarchy, yo, you're gonna be straight. And so my thing for you guys is listen, take these nuggets, apply them, practice them, master them, make them your own. I'm just trying to be a blessing to you guys, all right? Hit me up on the next episode. And listen, don't be don't be scared to leave a review, all right? I need those reviews, I need the support, share with your friends and family. We're gonna talk. Sell speaks.